Kumalan and Abat Gemara, we are up to Daf Mem Vav Ahmed Aleph. Okay, about eight lines from the top of the page. Turn it up Tanaban, we learned. It says in Pasik, again, we're still talking about the mighty Shemra, that the punishment is if he concocted the story, brought witnesses, that he pays 100 uh, shkolim, plus he gets Malchus. Tanaban, we learned, it says in Pasik, we punish him paying 100 shkolim, zeh momen. That is the, the, the money, the monetary side of the penalty. And then it says the Pasik, another Pasik says, the Zikni'ir, take that person, and the Yosros, they punish him. What is that talking about? That's Malchus. Says the Gemara, how do we know that the Yosru means lashes? It doesn't say in the Pasuk you give him lashes, so the Yosru. So Bishleva, Anshu, punishment, Zemam, and Dechsiv. It says, clear in the Pasuk, where Anshu, Oisim, Meyakasim. It describes what that punishment is. The Nosnovinite, and you pay that over to the father of the girl. El of the Yosru, Zemalkus, Menon. How in the world do you know that the word the Yosru means lashes? That's the penalty lashes. We learn out Yosu. We learn out the word Yosu that's written over here from the Yosu from another Pasik. It says another Pasik that if you um if a person has a child, a Ben Sarah, a glutton and a rebel who doesn't listen to the voice of his father or his mother, and there's the Pasik also that the Yosu Oisai and um and so on. What's the Yosu Oisai? So we learn out Yosu it's written by here from Yosu to Ben Sarah. And how do we know what to do by Ben Serimoira? And the Yosru me Ben. There it says in the Pasik is a Ben Serimoira. And we have another Pasik where it says, that if you're intelligent, then you should, uh, you should give lashes to the Russia. And it says in the Pasik, you should give them 40 lashes. So it says the Bin and it says the Ben, me Ben, Ben Serimoira from Bin over here. Well, you've been hackers of Russia. So that's how we know through this uh, long-winded way that the Yosser means lashes. Then you want to find. Every time the Torah administers a punishment, there has to be another passage which gives us a warning first. As shemra So where is the warning for Mighty Shemra? And we already discussed this yesterday already. And Mimara says that we have an argument with is it a din like in Mighty Shemra or is it a general din? You know, we learn from it says you shouldn't go ahead and slander people and don't stand and watch witness the, the blood of your of your friends. So therefore, not slandering, that's where these lashes come from. Ramnasan says, no, from the positive it says, you should guard yourself from any dovera, from any bad thing. And we touch dover as if it says dibur, bad speech. You have to be careful from any bad speech. And Minishmarta is 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 a license. You have to um Make sure you don't give any bad speech. But why does the Blazer give you the Pasik when Ishmarta? Rather, he brings the Pasik with use for something else. We don't have a Pitl Yoy that often giving us a lot of Ishmarta. He says, you know what Ishmarta means? From here, be careful from, the, from causing yourself to do bad things. You shouldn't think. During the day, having lewd thoughts, because the Yavid did Tumba Belayla. You'll come to Tumba at night, because the next passage talks about that if a person has a micro loitire, talks about a person has, um, uh, what do you call it, something that, an event that is not to her. So that's what it's talking about here. When it has been a shmart to Kodoro, it means don't have lewd thoughts. Now, Nasan, who brings this passage, my time, why does it mean the passage say Rachel? So interesting, he has a play in words. Ahu, he says, Leiseirich Rochel has nothing to do with committing slander. You know what it means? It's a din to bezin. As horrible bezin. It's actually a warning, admonishing a bezin. So the judges in the bezin, Shaloyeh, 
Rach lozev v'kosh lozev. Take the word rach and break it into two parts. And they say that what? It means rach li. I mean, don't be soft to one person and, and harsh with another person. You have to treat both the defendant and the, and the, and the litigant equally. Now, when we say that is, that the whole story of Shemra is not just he comes and concocts the story, he has to bring witnesses along with it. So the question is, does he have to, and the false witnesses, the question is, does he have to buy them or pay them, or does, even if he doesn't pay them, just commissions them, ask them a favor, what happens? So, um, if he did not tell witnesses, if he didn't invite the witnesses, but they just came on their own, who ain't no like it, and it's not considered as if he commissioned them, so he doesn't get the punishment of, of lashes, so he does not give the $100. What a, he, this man, the same expression we had yesterday, that she and the agent of found liars, magdimil the basis killer. You bring them like I said before yesterday, the first thing in the morning, you bring them to the house of stoning, there's no way out, and they and you stone them. Now, what do you mean he was in a when they both get punished? Either it's the truth, it's not the truth. Only one that gets punished. Ella he, it's the truth, she, is in a it's not the truth, they Magdina Bayskila. Says you a time the So it means or or. It's not it's not it's not both as if it's to say or. So it says clearly right. It's a time of the umlo. The only thing is because he didn't commission it. He did invite the witnesses. Even though he didn't hire them, he didn't actually pay them any money. Is what he's still considered a mighty shemra. Turn out to be liars. He gets penalized as well, not just the witnesses. And this comes to negate another opinion, who says that the only time you consider a mighty shemra is if he actually hired the witnesses. So you were complicit in their testimony. This comes to negate the opinion of Yehuda. We actually have to hire the witnesses to give false testimony. Uh, my time, Rabbi Huda, what's the logic of Rabbi We learn out the word Sima, Sima. Sima, here it says, when it comes to Majeshemra, it says, the some law he placed a little story. He placed a concocted story, he made up a story. And there's another passage where it says regarding Libus, it says that by interest, you should not place on them the Libus that bites away. So Malahal, when it comes to Libus, it comes to interest. Mammon, obviously we're talking about money, is Afghan here too. Mammon, we are talking about money. So we have Xer Shava, Sima, Sima. Tracy says not exactly Xer Shava, as we'll see in a minute. Gemara. That's how we know that he actually actually hire the witnesses. Boy, since we're learning from interest, what happened instead of giving, instead of paying them with money, he paid them with property. What happens in that case over there? Or what happens? Well, if you're learning out from ribus, ribus is when it comes to money. Everything is portable, either food, something which is value of money, or money. Something metalkin. Um, but what about karka? And uh, and Tasha says an interesting thing. Tasha says to the team that if you uh, if you let's say lend somebody uh, ten vines and you charge him that he has to give back to you eleven vines, that's not ribus because it's karka. It's only ribus is if it's money or something it can be turned into money, something metallic, something portable, which is fascinating halacha. Tasha says shema. Perhaps in this case, it's not ribus. So what happens if you did it, if you if you paid the witnesses with karka contra Yehuda? Is that considered much shemra? What happens? What happens if it's less than a shava pruta? What happens then? Because the ribus is only for the value of a pruta. What happens if you pay them less than pruta? Or if you tell me that you have to pay them a pruta, maush name a pruta, maush name a pruta, What happens? Okay, I gave a pruta, but I told two witnesses you share the pruta together. 
is that considered hiring the witnesses or not? <coughs> yeah, um, think more further, boy, um, Ashi says, and Taisha says that we compare, we know Bribus is like from the Gemara and Ezo Neshef, some of the, we, know, we know that Ribus is not less than a Prutta because Gemara asks, why do you need a lot by stealing and a lot by Ribus? So, um, uh, what do you call it? And stealing is not less than a Prutta, which is interesting because the Ramam says clearly that stealing does exist less than a Prutta, just so you don't have to pay back because they're Moichel, but you're still in Avera. Either because of Magamish, the Chatzishir, whatever, it's still in Avera. Taisha seems to learn that there's no Easter of stealing less than the Shavu Prutta. And therefore, Ribus also, there's no Easter. Less than a pruta, otherwise you wouldn't have a question. Why you need a line by rivers to tell you even less than a pruta? Anyway, the more remains of the question, so it's clear. The fact that we have a question means it's not a gazil exeshava. Be a real exeshava that whatever the laws are by rivers, the same law would be here by hiring witnesses. Because we have this question, is it different? It means it's not exactly the same. Boy, Rabash has a question. Interesting. You married, you married this woman. And then you divorced her, and then you married again. And now the second marriage, part of the second marriage, right away you say, huh, and he rehires witnesses or he invites witnesses that say that the first time they got married, this is what happened. It's a very odd case, because then why would you marry a second time? But he did. What would it didn't be then? Is there a din of Moji or not? <clears throat> um, what about Ochimau? Let's say the person who married her died, and the brother comes and, take, and, and they didn't consummate the marriage, and the next brother, the Yavim, marries her. And he says that there's a is there a law or not? That you know, if it falls, does he get punished under the money and the lashes? So he would me a At least I can resolve this question. The father says in response, I gave my daughter to this man. By Yavam, you never gave it to the Yavam. I gave it to this man. I never gave it to the Yavam. So um, it says, in my yesterday we learned there was a Rabban and there was a Rabbi and Yaakov to, to know whether they actually had to have relations before he didn't become a Moitzah Shemra or not. The Tanya we learned, what exactly, <clears throat> what's the process of a Moitzah Shemra? Bolabezin, he comes to, he fronts up to the court, the husband, and this person says, I did not, I, I married your daughter and I did not find her to be a Psulam. A virgin. Im yesh edim If the witnesses are what that they committed, she committed adultery while she was engaged. Then, um, as the Bryce says, which is very hard to understand, as Marvel should point out, yesh lok Then she's entitled only to silver hundred dollars because she's not allowed. She's not a psula. She's only a bula. Says the Gemara. I don't understand. She gets a silver hundred dollars. She'll get killed. She was she would commit adultery while she was engaged. In yesh edim shezinza tachtov yesh lok silver money is good hundred dollars. Baskili, she gets killed. This is what you meant to say. You're right. If there were witnesses that while they were engaged, she committed adultery, of course she'll get killed. But if Zinzimikara, the witnesses say that she was Mazana before they got married, okay, so she didn't commit a sin, but she's no longer Absula. And we had a big argument before in Mordaf Yeralaf whether she's entitled, do we say that she's entitled to $100, or we say it's a Mekhtosh and gets nothing because he thought he's marrying Absula. It turned out to be that she wasn't. But so this bright hold, yes, look, Suleiman. <clears throat> she has a silver of a hundred dollars. Okay, let me continue. What happens? Nimtu Shemra turned out to be the whole thing was a Baba Maisa. Ain't no shame. Yeah, Shemra ain't no shame. Now who like a nation? So he gets a he like a nation may a seller bain ball belay ball. It turned out to be the whole thing was a Baba Maisa. So then he gets to um, he gets a full punishment. He gets a full punishment, which is wanted full brunt of the punishment. He has to pay the hundred dollars, and uh, and he gets uh, what do you call? It? He gets um, he gets a punishment as well. 
Okay, so so anyway, Nimzu Shemra ain't a Turns out that his that his bad story about his wife was not a true story. It's a Bobma. He concocted it, then he gets punishment. Bain ball, bain loy ball. Doesn't matter whether he actually had a relationship with her or not. That brother Yaakov says, it only matters. The whole story is only if they actually had relations. Now, if you look at the Pusik before we go on, if you look at the Pusik, the, the, the father says um, that you know the Pusik that he made up, he he came along with these accusations, and he says, I didn't find him Sulum. And the father says, I'm just reading the Pusik here, these are the Psulum, my daughter, and Uparso has similar and he spreads out the sheet in front of them, showing the blood. Now, the fact that he's showing blood seems very clear that they had relations, otherwise, where's the blood coming from? So, what's exactly the shadow there? So, says the Gemara, what, what do you mean the say whether they had relations or not? There's one passage where it says that they actually had relations, that it says in the passage they had relations. It says, a man, you know, took a woman, and had relations, and he hated her, and they came up with the story. literally means that they had relations. And then the other passage where it says the ekra he's he's his his tiny is I got close to her and I couldn't find any blood. Doesn't that I mean just reading the title, it seems clearly they had relations and he didn't find any blood. How do they explain it? Maya bole the what do you mean, bole the ekrivela? According to them, even if he didn't have relations, the same thing happens. See more explained. Ubole means baalilis. He came with all kinds of allegations. The ekrivela bidvarim. And he came along again with words, not, not that he had any physical relations. I didn't find any psalm, or we had relations, I couldn't find any blood. What do you mean, what does that mean? He means, but it means is that I couldn't find for your daughter, I couldn't find your daughter witnesses that will uh, will repudiate what these witnesses are saying that your daughter was Mazana. I couldn't find anyone who to, to oppose that. So that's what it means. Not I didn't find Sulam, I didn't find anybody to support her that she would be a Psulam, but we didn't have physical relations. So that's how they're twisting around all the Psulam. I would reinterpret the The father said, these are the Psulam, my daughter, because they had relations. They had no relations. My These are the Psulam, my daughter. It means... Based on what the Rabbana said before, these are the witnesses who are supporting my daughter's story. And he spreads out the, 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 the sheet showing that they were bloodstains. They never had relations with my Rabbu says, they spread out, he means not to spread out, but Porsche, he's like, he explained. He basically, he basically explained what happened over there. <clears throat> Uh, the witnesses of the husband comes along and said they should admit, commit adultery. Comes along his witnesses, the father's witnesses, uh, that you weren't even there at the time. And they, they sought out what actually happened, like a brand new dress, and we start all over again, and then we'll prove the veracity of one way or another. So, but not physically that he actually showed the sheet with the bloodstains. It's all to a more illegal, illegal battle. Rabbelezer ben Yaakov says... He disagrees. He says, similar mamish. No, they had relations. Therefore, the father brought over the sheet, showing, demonstrating there was blood uh, spots there. And therefore, she was a psula. Shalach, Rabbi Yitzchak, by Yaakov, by the Yehudi, Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yaakov, by Yaakov, by Yaakov, by we don't find any when it comes to the sins of incest. We don't make a difference of whether they had a conventional uh, relation or whether they had unconventional relations. As long as they had intimacy in even an unconventional way, 
he committed the same sin because it says mishkav isha in plural doesn't matter which way they went. We generally don't make a difference between the two ways of having intimacy. When it comes to lashes and when it comes to punishment, it makes absolutely no difference. Any any anyway is is an issue for incest and all the other arayas. <clears throat> However, when it comes to Maitre Shemra, there's a difference. What do you mean there's a difference? This is what the Bryce says that the, the, that you had to have relations. No, it's not, not like the Rabbanu say that the Maitre Shemra, you don't even have to have relations, just got married. You had to have some kind of relations, but what kind of relations did you have? The non conventional way. And you're making a story that you did the conventional way and there was no, and there was no uh, blood spots. So you want to ask, come on, who says this particular method? You don't have to have any relations. You had to have relations, which is the conventional way. And then you say, but I couldn't find any blood. But if you had the non-conventional way, and then you accuse her of not being a psula, how would you know? How would you know? You didn't have the conventional kind of intimacy. Ella, so the Gemara says, this we amended. This is actually Rabbi Yechon said. Not the way you said the name of Yechon. The only way, according to Rabbi Yechon, you and this is the halacha, you had the, you had the process, is you got married, you had the conventional way of intimacy, and you accuse her that you didn't find any absolutely. You accuse her of, um, of uh, that, you, that there was no blood, there was no absolutely. Okay, continuing talking about you know, we're talking about the, uh, who gets the money from the from if she was uh, forced upon or seduced. Now we're talking about ordinary kedushin. Who gets the money from ordinary kedushin marrying off a daughter, a katana, or a naira till she's twelve and a half? Now the law is that till twelve years old, only the father can marry her off, and between twelve and twelve and a half, either the father can marry her off or that she can marry herself off. But once she is uh, over twelve and a half, she's over the lessons. Now she's an adult. But Geras, only she has her own rights. So says the Mishnah of the father, Zakwe, Bibita, he has rights over his daughter, Bikidushah, to marrying her off, Bikesef, Bishtarabi, whichever method it is, money. Or there's three ways we'll learn the first Mishnah, Kedushah, a girl can get married either with money or with a contract or through intimacy. In all three ways, the father has the right to marry her off that way. It's his right. Um, and Zakwe, and he can marry her off to anybody he wants. We had the expression before, give her over even to somebody who's afflicted. It doesn't matter, it's totally his right. Also, Zakoi, he has rights. And the Gemara is going to explain each one of these rights. How do we know? Zakoi, is it from the Torah, the Rabbanon? Why is it? Zakoi, he also has rights, but she also, if she finds anything, he goes straight to her father. Or we might see there, as a Kitano, even a Naira, any earnings she has goes to the father. He can know any vows that she makes. If she if he married her, then she receives the divorce. He gets it. He receives it. Now it's only talking about they got engaged. But once she got married, he's no longer under the under the, um, the, the domain of her father. And if she gets divorced, she's now in control of her own life, own destiny. Even though she only she's a minor, she's much younger. Uh, or if she became a, a bagaris, obviously during the marriage, she's no longer under the. Even though they are engaged, the father no longer has the control. <clears throat> If let's say she gets a Yerusha from her mother's side of the family and went to her, and the father does not eat the fruits of that, of the, no, the produce of that particular field, all the produce he sets aside, like he opens a trust account on her behalf, and he builds up a nest egg, as we'll see later.
Nisas, once she got married to her husband, what, what are the rights of a husband? Yes, well, the husband has, has one more advantage over the father, that if she brings in, remember we learned before, there's nichsei time barzel and nichsei meloi. Nichsei time barzel is the father brings in like a dowry, the father of the, of the kala. We are a dowry and he sets out in the ksuba and he lists every single product that he puts in there and the value of it. And then the, the husband basically during their marriage completely owns it. But if they did a divorce, then, um, or if he, if he dies, or if he dies, then she takes back all of those assets for the value that's fixed in the contract. Whether it's more or less, it's irrelevant. That's called nixi term basel, the fixed assets. Then you have nixi malik, the plucked assets, where you don't really list these assets. She owns property that she inherited. These properties, we allow the husband to keep all the produce in an incentive that he should work on the fields. And then, uh, and then when he, when he dies, he goes back to her, regardless of whether it's increased the value, decreased the value, she gets, gets the field back. So the husband has the right to keep the produce. So the yes, more than the father, he does keep the produce while, um, while she's alive. And the a husband is obligated to feed, to provide for his wife. If she was kidnapped, he has an obligation to, uh, to, to ransom her. Obviously, it was pretty commonplace in those days. Not, as common, not so commonplace, but it was, it was not as real as today. Vikfurasios is an obligation. If she passes away, if she predeceases him, he has to pay for all the burial costs. Rabbi Huda says, and how far the burial costs, that I feel she was told, even somebody who's impoverished, he shouldn't, the minimum he should do, besides burying his Mishnah Khalil, to have two people, two flutists, to have a woman who would stand, stand there and cause uh, and do all kinds of her spadium and to cry and wail, as we'll see later. So let's go through each one of these. Because of the novel, how do you know the father's rights to the money of the Kedush? I'm going to read over across the Pasik. It says, when a girl becomes 12 years old, she leaves her master, the Yotzachinam, and Kosa, once she reaches the age of if she has piece of puberty, she leaves her master, the Yotzachinam, she leaves Umzis to leave for free, it doesn't have to pay anything. Ain't Kesef, and no money changes hands. Now, it's redundant. If it's Chinam for free, then obviously there's no money changing hands. So we dash in, ain't Kesef, Lord and Zeth. She leaves this master, there's no money involved. Oh, but the Kesef, there's another master that she has that she leaves, there's money involved. That Umani of your father. No, but if she gets married to somebody, the money that changes hands goes to the father. So that's different than the contrast to um, a master if she's a maid. Says the mother, all we know is that money changes hands. Who says it ends up with the father? Maybe it ends up with her. When she leaves at the age of 12 from being a mage, no money changes hands. If she gets married to somebody, money changes hands. But who says the money ends up with the father? Maybe the money ends up with her. Says the Gemara. And the father has the right to marry her off to anybody he wants. It says it says, I gave my daughter over to this person. It means he has in total control. She gets the money. That doesn't make sense. If he's in total control, then he should be the beneficiary of the money. Maybe only a minor. Only by a minor do we say the money ends up with a father. The less loyal, the minor can't marry herself at all. I will Naira easily have it. A Naira, once she's 12 years old, she has the right to marry herself off. Then even if the father married off, maybe the money ends up with her. That she can marry ends up with her. And uh, <clears throat> maybe ends up with her. Now, even though by Maitri Shemra, that's what we learn out the idea that the father has the right to marry her off. It can only be talking about a Naira because it's a punishment to her. And if she's a Tana, she doesn't get killed. It would turn out to be true. Um, so, but but maybe he's talking about that she that got married when, um, what do you call it, got, got engaged when she was a, a Tana. But now, when the money's about to change hands, whatever it is, she's now a, a, a Naira. Or Taisler, the question is, you're right. When the father marries her off as an Naira, of course the money ends up with the father. He married her off, he should get the money. But if the question is, if she married herself off, a Naira is permitted to marry herself off, maybe in that instance, the money should go to her. 
When it says Tana, it means uh, a Naira when she marries her book. On Makro, we find by Nadorim that the father can annul all Nadorim, because then the Posig binureha, the base of the that um, that a father can cancel all the all the, the, the annul all the vows of the daughter when she's in the father's house. So we said that, and so we learned Kol Shabbat Nurim Anything benefits that she gets while she's a, a, even a Naira ends up with the father. So that's why we say the Kedushan money ends up with the father. Yeah, that Pasik is not, so you tell me the Pasik is not limited to vows. The Pasik is even talking about money things. Let me ask a question. We know that all the earnings that a daughter makes, everything ends up with the father. That a father has the right to sell off his daughter as a maid. And if he sells her off as a maid, everything that she earns goes to her master. So if he has a right to sell off as a maid, that means he has total control of everything of hers, including her earnings. So of course, then if, if, if he didn't sell her off, he just stays at home. The Money ends up with him. Just like by made the earnings end up with the master. So while he's at home, all the earnings end up with the father. Lomali, what do you need the posse for? Just take the posse user for by vows where it says, as a naira, whatever she has goes to her father. It's clear that posse is limited only that the father has a right to know the vows. Nothing to do with the money. That's why we need this other posse. So the question goes back. By Kedushin, if she's a Naira and she's marrying herself off, or generally as a Naira, how do you know the money ends up with the father? If you can tell me, nay, let me know. Once we've established when it comes to vows, the father has control. Maybe automatically we learn out when it comes to money matters, the father has control. No, we have a rule that you cannot equate monetary laws and laws of, uh, of Isu, which is, for example, vows. If you can tell me, nay, Miknosa, uh, let's learn out from a penalty because the din is by Shemra or by an oinus, a mefata. Where does the money if somebody forces on a girl? The money ends up with the father, says that she gives it out the Naira. So from there we learn out that also Kedushin ends up with the father. No. Remember, that's a Knasa penalty. The whole thing is a Kedushin, no money. You don't really owe any money. The Taylor levied a, a penalty upon you, so you can't learn anything from there because it's unique. Let's learn with Boishas or Pagam. There were other payments we learned as well. Shame and Pagam, which is rep hurting reputation. And that's that's true money because we go ahead and evaluate what the, the, the market is prepared to pay for these things, to tolerate these things. And that's money. And there also ends up with the father. So let's learn Kedusha for there. Shiny Boishas or But the reason why the father gets it is because there he's also hurt by it because he's the one who marries her off. And if he can marry her off, then and, and and now that her reputation was was uh, was um, damaged, so he'll get a lot less money. Now we're not talking about actually the money of Kedusha, because that's what we're trying to learn out. Who says that the But just generally, he his pick of, of of people that he can marry off to has been limited, so he's been affect personally affected. So therefore, he's also been hurt by this bishul of Begam, and that's why he's entitled to the money. But Kedushin, who says it ends up with the father if she's a Naira? Who says the money from the Kedushin when she's a, a, a Naira ends up with the father? Elamistabra, large, we go back to the original thing, we're comparing it and contrasting it to a master and a maid. The Chimemai, Drachman of the Torah says, Yatzachinam, that there's no money here, but ain't Kesev, here's no money, but there's money when it comes to marriage. So we're going to equate it to Yitzia, the Kavosa Kamai, something which is very similar, that is, um, it has to be something similar. <clears throat> um, that just like over there, He's talking about them that no money goes to the master. Or here also, no money go, money does go to the master, to the father. Says the Gemara, how can you compare the two? How can you compare the two? Over there, when he leaves, when she, a maid, leaves the master, completes completely. Uh, but over here, when she leaves the father, uh, get, um, she's engaged, she doesn't leave completely. When he doesn't leave completely, while she's engaged, the father still has rights over her. 
There completely leaves the rishus of her master and so on. But of the but when she leaves her father, the father still has the right to, to go ahead. And who gives over? This only engagement. When it comes to the marriage, the father is the one who has to get hand her over to the husband. So the father is still in control. And, and um, so the father is still in control to somewhat. How do you know that the money goes to the father? So you cannot, it's not, you cannot really contrast the two. They're very different. In certain respects, completely left the source of the father. How is that? Because it's now we learn it. But while she was a girl, the father has complete control. You know, all of ours. But now that she's engaged, that has to share with the husband. So even though he didn't completely leave the father because he still has the control, but the fact that before it was unilateral, now that he has to consult the husband means he lost control. And therefore, it's a good it's a good contrast. They both lose control. And over there, there's no money, but over here, there is money. Tomorrow goes further. Star B, the mission says that while he has control over Star and over B, and Minola, and how do you know that? On Macro, because it says, and Hyrule goes to the father that he can also force her, you know, to have B with this person and get married. Macro says the Pasik that she leaves the first husband and she went to another husband. So it says, went to a second husband. So, um, that is so Iskish have have voice that we compare all marriages the same. Just like when it comes to money, we're very established. The money ends up with the father. So too, when it comes to condition of star, comes to condition of, of beer, it's it, it all totally in control of the father.